Hello and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. In this episode, we're talking with Mike Reynolds. Uh, Mike is better known to most folks as Sitecore Junkie on Twitter and uh, on Slack and just about everywhere on the internet. So uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Eric. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So how are things out in uh, sunny California? Uh, not very sunny and, you know, very foggy and damp and rainy. And, well, that's the San Francisco Bay Area for you. Yeah. Not exactly yeah. California isk, if if that's even a word. But so so Sitecore Junkie, what was the uh, what was the evolution of that? Where did that come from? So I was uh, watching uh, Breaking Bad, and you know, basically just it clicked. I'm like, oh, I need a name for a blog, and then all of a sudden, just by you know being a big fan of you know Breaking Bad, you know, with the blue crystal meth crap, I'm like, oh, Junkie, oh, Sitecore Junkie, there we go. So that's where it came from. Yeah, no. Now speaking of the blog, you are very prolific uh, in your in your output. I guess what 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 drives you to 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 keep putting out is is on, on such wide varied topics that you do. I'm gonna say that it's just Doctor House moments. So you remember Doctor House would solve some kind of medical thing at the end of an episode where he starts staring off into space and he's like, "Oh yeah, I have those moments. They just come to me. I can't stop them." I get flooded with ideas constantly and then I just go and actually sit down and start implementing something. And then I may or may not share it that night when I have it built, but it just keeps going and going and going. I get flooded and uh, well, I can't turn it off. So how long, uh, I guess, how long have you been working on the, the Sitecore platform? I guess, what was the first version you worked with? Uh, it was 5.2 point something. I don't know. It might've just been 5.2 update one or whatever they called it back then. Uh-huh. So that was the first version of Psycho I worked on. It was on a Brownfield application that was already built by some permanent MVPs who were out there already. I, I took that project over since there was a vacancy, a digital agency in South Boston. Um, I didn't know anything about Psycho back then, but I learned it pretty quickly because I had to. <laughs> um, and it was a pretty interesting application. Um, there was a, it was a multilingual site, lots of stuff. Um, I had no clue what a CMS really was back then. What were you doing before Sitecore? I was just a regular .NET developer and was a contractor for the Boston Public School Systems. So were you doing were you doing websites in .NET or were you doing kind of you know Windows applications, line of business applications? It was, so the last job I had before moving to the digital agency was a uh, web application on .NET one one in VB. Uh-huh. Um, VB was in... I remember those yeah, days. I mean, I, you know, I, I come from a C background. Uh, I had to learn v- VB, you know, while I was there when I first got that, you know, contract. Um, and VB, you know, I found it to be very verbose, but I started to get the hang of it. You know, .NET in general isn't that much different. It, the language doesn't really matter. You just have to learn the syntax. But yeah, I was working on this monstrous application back then with uh, Cycro MVP, uh, Dave Peterson. Uh, so we mm-hmm. were both just regular .NET developers back then. And this monstrous application was used by everybody at the Boston Public Schools. So oh, wow. I think we had about 10,000 users 
you know, maybe not concurrent ones. Sometimes they were because, you know, everything would like slow down to a standstill. But, but yeah, we were working that, that module, uh, that application let, uh, you know, teachers take attendance, enter grades, uh, custodians would enter issues like on buildings and schools. The police department had access to it, you know, for like incidences, you know, on campuses, things like that. So everybody at the Boston Public Schools used that application back then. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, I have my hands in like different parts of it, you know, from like, uh, I would say student registration all the way to, you know, people taking, you know, English competency exams, things like that. I was building pieces on that. And then I started moving on to other parts of the application where, you know, just adding new features to do whatever they wanted, you know, uh, in, uh, messing around with Anthem.net back then to do Ajax. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, there was a lot of that going on. We had a lot of like Ajax and rich features back then using Anthem. I mean, it wasn't uh, Microsoft Atlas was kind of new back then and nobody wanted to touch it. And Anthem was just very easy to use. So, sure. yeah, it was it was a very SQL development job so it was very sql focused where we had to do a lot of sql development with uh, yeah. stored products and functions and crazy scripts and you name it we were doing it and then you know tie it into the front you know i guess the middle tier in front end with dinet but really it was all sql yeah and that's i, I think I, I i uh you you get developers coming from that background it's a it's kind of a shock they see sycor is back-ended typically by by sql server and yeah. they uh you know want to dust off their 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 sql you know, store procedures and all that. And actually it's, it's, it's interesting that you don't hardly touch the database at all exactly. with Sycor, or, or everything's done through, through the data API. Exactly. Uh, so that you're, um, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you, you're never really writing store procedures or, or direct T SQL, no, I, you know, at least on the con- content side. I remember what I, you know, spun up my Sycor instance and, you know, I had a look at it. I was looking for stored procs, you know, like where are the stored procs? There, there was mm-hmm. nothing. I'm like, okay, I'm confused. I don't know how this thing works. Is it even secure? You know, I was worried about things like that until I started really uh, digging into DLLs, you know, decompiling them because people were saying, hey, that's the only way to learn this thing. And I saw that things were parameterized, you know, at the data layer. But it was a very, it was a big shock as I started seeing hardcore, hard-coded, uh, you know, SQL statements. I'm like, uh, this is like a no-no, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. I mean, so you've obviously been around the Sitecore community for a while. I guess, you know, outside of the obvious kind of product advancements, what do you think of the, been the, you know, the kind of the biggest advancements, you know, coming at this from a, from a developer standpoint? Um, I'm, you know, I, I would say I, I noticed, you know, the experience editor has, you know, improved a lot over the past almost 10 years as I've been doing this. Uh, you know, I remember that we had those problems with the, you know, page editor, you know, way back when, but it's a lot better now. It's great. Way back when there was a million databases. Well, there was more databases than and now. I think there was like five or six. The recycle bin or archives had its own database. Everything had its own database. I liked it when things got streamlined down and it was kind of like uh, easier to spin it up. I like, uh, what else? Psycho rocks. You know, I mean, I don't. I'm not really good, you know, I wouldn't say I use it all the time, but, you know, when I was messing around with it, it made things easier where you didn't have to log in, you know, to Sitecore and mess around in the desktop and content. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a, a single Sitecore developer out there that hasn't at some point, yeah. like, watch somebody watch somebody do something in Sitecore Rocks and be like, oh, you know what, I should use that more often. Yeah, I mean, it just makes things easier. Um, 
and definitely like recently with like you know development accelerators or even paradigms and things like that like for instance habitat is really helping people spin up sites faster mm-hmm. um you know just having some kind of paradigm in place to follow so so talking about habitat what what do you think makes it so much easier to uh to spin up a site faster it's basically i mean it gives you some kind of foundation really it's not like you know at the beginning there's going to be a learning curve obviously but it gives you something to work against and you know it's not just habitat that would do that it would be any type of you know paradigm that's in place you know I, you know way back when i remember like there was like no consensus on how to do development you know people would spin up things their own way and and some people want to do free with themselves across projects i mean people are you know they may have like a library that's over here and then they have this over here and they're working directly in the web route and blah 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 and then you know there could you know down the road they're working on another project and things are set up completely different and it's like okay um you're kind of slowing you might be slowing yourself down because you don't you know you're not following something that's i guess tried and true or whatever but you know i like how people are actually trying to move that way you know, it's the same thing with the ignition framework. They're trying to go that way as well to have some kind of foundation in place for developers. You know, it's it's basically all about okay, how do we like it, improve things, make it faster, so we can deliver, you know, things to clients that are very high quality, but also within, you know, I guess, their deadlines. You know, sure. I hate bringing up the word deadlines because you know I'm a big advocate of no deadlines, but you know. Reality is there are deadlines. So we have to spend, th- we have to get things up for the clients by the time they need it because it could be somebody's job on the line. Now, I know you and I are kind of no, no stranger to kind of the, the demand for Sitecore uh, development talent out there. I think what, what do you think is, is holding the platform back in terms of getting more people on board um, and more? you know, more able to, you know, start implementing projects. You know, there seems to be, you know, I, I work, I end up running into folks that, um, you know, are, are, are new to the platform trying to get started. Uh, I'm sure you do as well. I, I, what do you think, what do you think are some of the, you know, kind of holdbacks that is, um, as, as it's becoming more and more adopted, uh, trying to get more developers into the, into the fold? I think one of the biggest things, you know, that's a, a major impediment would be, I guess, the costs. And, and not necessarily monetary, but just like time-wise. So, uh-huh. you know, I see a lot of things, let's say on like some of the Sitecore groups on Facebook where somebody's saying, hey, you know, I want to learn Sitecore, but I don't work for a partner or, you know, I don't work for, I'm not working on a project and they won't let me work on that project, uh, but I want to learn it. The thing is, they don't really have many places to look, you know. Uh, there aren't many, let's say, blogs out there that are very elementary. There just aren't. Everything's always either mid-level or super advanced. Uh, even if the user groups, you know, I, 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 the only user group I can think that was very basic was yours. I mean, where you did back to basics. But even that might be kind of overwhelming for somebody who's brand new to Sitecore. Well, and there's, it's, such a, it's such a broad platform that it's really hard to, uh, you know, just even to go back to the basics, you know, first you kind of got to get your head around the, the, the architecture side of it. Right. And then you've got to actually figure out how the rubber meets the road, so to speak. And okay, now that I got these basics, what, you know, how do I actually do something? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I kind of agree with you as well. It's, um, you know, it, it's a challenge. Uh, I enjoy, I, I enjoy the heck out of, uh, helping folks on the platform. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, it, it, it's easy to, to, once you kind of get your, your mind wrapped around it, you can see the elegance of the platform yeah. and, 
you know, and, and just even kind of showing marketers, you know, you get a lot of folks coming from like an ASP.NET background and they'll, they'll want to do things their way. They're not using data sources. They're not using, you know, they've basically loosely wrapped their user controls into, into sub layouts or, you know, view renderings if you're using the MVC. Um, but they're not really using data sources. Um, and when you show them, you can do that and then show them kind of how easy it is for a marketer to just personalize that. And they don't have to write any additional code. Yeah. That, that's usually when you see the light go off going, oh, okay, now I get this platform. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, Sitecore had an express version way back when, which is not really available anymore. I'm thinking if that were available and out there, that might help with developers learning Sitecore. Just give them some kind of, you know, temporary dev license to just experiment and learn. I think that would help a lot, but... Um, yeah. And I know, I, I know if, you know, if companies are evaluating the platform, uh, you know, and they're working with a Sitecore sales uh, person, the, the sales will, you know, it would most definitely kind of issue a, a temporary license for folks to, to work with. I've, I've worked with uh, customers where that's definitely been the case there, you know, that they are waiting for their final license. Uh, they've gotten a, a temporary license file. Um, or maybe they have and the developers forgot that they're using the temporary one. And then, you know, one day all of a sudden like, hey, the license file is missing. You know, the, the error that we, we typically see. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think there are, there are ways to that. But I, I, I do agree if, you know, there's, it's not definitely a hobbyist platform. You're not going uh, to get people jumping in just as, hey, I'm going to kick the tires on this thing for a, for a hobby standpoint. Right. You know, so I think you and you and uh, it was it was at Akshay started um, uh, the the North America SugCon that uh, that occurred in the fall of 2015. Yeah. Uh, why don't you why don't you tell me a little bit about the genesis of that? Akshay was uh, in Milwaukee at the time, and yeah, you know, I was living there. You knew that, um, and we he came down to visit me, and we decided to go out for dinner, and uh, we went to the County Clear to have some. Uh, pub food and we're sitting down and a tweet comes in and then I'm like looking at this tweet and trying to like gauge the context uh, like the context was uh, an MVP over in the East Coast said hey it'd be great if you guys would you know the, and this was directed at the guys that run Sukong Europe hey it'd be great if you guys like hold one of these things in the United States can you ever do that and then uh, Psycho MVP Robert Hawk says I think Mike Reynolds can help you with that and I'm sitting there, this tweet comes in, I'm sitting and eating dinner uh, with Akshay. I said, hey, dude, check this out. What do you think? Should we do this? He's like, yeah. That was that was where it was born. It was born at the County Clear Pub. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. definitely a great institution in the Milwaukee area. Yeah. And then uh, we just started brainstorming right then and there. Once we uh, went left the County Clear, we started walking around talking about it. And we got super excited. It's just, you know, couldn't stop talking about it. And, you know, we just started working on it and that was it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it was, it was definitely, I, I attended last, you know, that fall and uh, it was definitely a big success and uh, I talked to a, a lot of people that really enjoyed that. And I think it was, it filled the gap that, you know, that uh, was there that, you know, there was being no symposium that year. And, and I think a lot of folks, you know, looking at the last two symposiums that Sitecore put on um, definitely, you know, not, and not in a negative way, they were very focused on kind of new product features and new, you know, kind of the future of the product. Uh, you know, the last symposium, they obviously were launching uh, Psychor 
eight in a lot of the, you know, a lot of the XDB stuff. But I think the 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 feedback I heard, and maybe you can confirm this, is everybody you know saw this the 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 sessions at SugCon as very practical, you know, stuff you can do, you could take back that day, uh, you know, when you left New Orleans and take back to your job and and um, and implement, you know, stuff you could implement right away. Yeah, that that was you know one of the goals that we wanted to you know have people take away from the conference was, you know, kind of keep it, you know, I guess real you can take it home you can work with it now um definitely you know if you, uh, if you need had questions reach out to uh, the presenters you know on social media or wherever you know that that's always been the goal and that's the goal of subcon europe as well you know kind of make it hey guys you can do this now this is going to be awesome so that's all yeah that's, yeah it- yeah, and I got I, I, you know, I haven't talked to a lot of folks in Europe, given that they're not holding a symposium there this year. They're only kind of doing one global one. Um, kind of what the a what the feedback's been, and you know, if if there are folks that are probably going to be organizing uh, additional, you know, kind of larger scale conferences in in the Europe area, just to fill that gap. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for the conversation today, Mike. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the what's kind of the best way to get a hold of uh, best way to get a hold of Mike Reynolds? So the best way to get a hold of me, so um, probably Twitter. So um, Mike underscore I underscore Reynolds at uh, in Twitter. Um, you could also get in touch with me uh, on my blog. You can leave a comment. You know, even if it's just something that's not related to an article, you can leave a comment. I'll respond. Um, you know, and I may not put that comment on the blog post, but I'll, I'll respond to it. Um, Psycho Community Slack is a really good way of getting a hold of me. If you're not on it, please reach out to me and I will send you an invitation to it. Um, where else could you get a hold of me? You can find me at Symposium. You can find me at Subcon or conferences, user groups. I'm all over the place. You'll, you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. I, I would echo that if, if you see Mike come up and come up and talk to him that's how you and i kind of met yeah started talking to each other so yeah definitely thanks for being on the show mike and uh thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on course sampling thanks for joining us for this episode of core sampler to see show notes from this and past episodes please visit coresampler.fm there you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.